The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome, foolish mortals, to Horror Hotel, a PoppyChuloRadio.com original series, Poppy Chulo Radio, pop culture on demand. I am your host and hotel owner, Jeffrey Aruz. We're so glad you could check in. We've been dying to have you. Here on Horror Hotel, we are going to explore some of Hollywood's scariest, most frightening and creepiest films. Please welcome my co-hosts, Night Manager Legionnaire. My brother makes good head cheese. I will make a mental note of that. <laughs> and Banquet Manager Ramon Marquise. <laughs> that scared the crap out of me. Um... <laughs> Before we head on over to the ballroom, let's stop by the front desk where one of our bellhops has a few special announcements. Good evening. We thank you for your patronage. Please step all the way in and make room for everyone. There's no turning back now. <laughs> I didn't mean to frighten you prematurely. The real chills come later. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash p c r horror hotel. Follow Pampichulo Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube at Pampichulo Radio. For more information on Horror Hotel, visit pampichuloradio.com slash horror hotel. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments? Or concerns? Email us via contact at panpichuloradio.com. Help support Panpichulo Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash panpichuloradio. Are you interested in joining the Panpichulo Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at panpichuloradio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Panpichulo Radio programs by visiting panpichuloradio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Panpichulo Radio's Horror Hotel and subscribe. Now, grab some popcorn and some snacks. You may step into the ballroom. It's time for your feature presentation. Thank you. It's time to fire up the film projector in our ballroom so that we can discuss 1974's The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 
Here's the official synopsis of the film. Two siblings visit their grandfather's grave in Texas along with three of their friends and are attacked by a family of cannibalistic psychopaths. Short, Mm. succinct, straight to the point. So you all know my first question. Have you ever seen the original The Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Let's start off with uh, Legionnaire. No, I have never seen this movie before. Ooh. Like a virgin. Yeah. Ramon, what about you? Um, It was interesting because I have seen this one before, but I had seen all the other ones that were made. I didn't even know this one was the original. I thought the one that had Jessica Biel in it, I thought that was the original. And then I saw the two that came after. And then I just found like a few years ago, there's one that came out 19, whatever this year was. And so I just recently saw this within the last five years. But yeah, I've seen it before. You thought the Jessica Biel version was the original? Because I had never heard of it before. Oh, that was the first okay. time I ever heard of it. That's interesting. Okay. I had never seen this movie before. I do believe I have seen the Jessica Biel version, but I did know that there was an original. I, I knew that there was a... I knew that it was a remake. Um, and there's also... A Trey Songs version, right? It is. That's the most recent one. Okay, I've seen bits and pieces of that one as well. A Trey Songs version? Yeah. Yeah. It's there's something. I li- it, it's not the best of the three, but I enjoyed it. I will say I wasn't bored, but for what his character was, yeah, he it, it was fine for what his character was. He was a hoe. I mean, he was a hoe, but yeah, it wasn't bad. I'll say that. He's, he's Acting wasn't bad, but yeah, he was in one. Yeah. Hmm. All yeah, right, so... Wait, go ahead, Legionnaire. Uh, no, I was going to say, that's interesting that I did not know that. Yes, mm-hmm. Legionnaire is a big Trey Songs fan, so now he will go and find this movie. Yeah, I think you will <laughs> like it. I don't think you'd be disappointed. I will check it out. Yes, he has the song LOL Smiley Face on the loop. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this movie starts off, you know, with this whole Star Wars-style text scrolling Mm -hmm. on the damn screen. Basically, you know, making it seem as if, you know, this, like, really happened. And in reading, like, about the movie, like, they were trying to sell this... Like, if it was, like, a based on a true story and all this kind of stuff. Right. It wasn't. Like, it, it sort of, I guess the Leatherface character was uh, inspired by the real-life murderer Ed Gein. I, I never really know how to pronounce his last name. But, um, like, this um, murderer, like, several sort of, like, popular... Um, horror like killers have sort of been inspired by him because he weird as fuck um to keep it you know light i guess (laughs) but uh did you find like the scroll like it, it was um necessary for the film do you feel like it added to like sort of 
you know, a um, mystique to the movie, you know, to make it seem like, oh, you know, this maybe was real. Like, I don't know. I like, mean, what did you I all mean, think? I, I guess for me, I was more neutral. I don't feel it hurt the movie. I don't necessarily think it enhanced the movie. Um, I, once again, I had saw all the other ones before I saw this one. So I already knew what the writing was going to talk about um, because it was very similar to the Jessica Biel version. So for me, I was just neutral. Yeah, I, I definitely, I mean, I understood what that was trying to add to the movie. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I had an appreciation for it. I didn't think it take, I think it added a little something, something. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm probably on the neutral side. Like, it, it didn't really, for me, it, it was fine with it or fine without it, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of neat. Like, I like movies where they try to sell it like it's real. Because they mm-hmm. did that with, um, like, the Blair Witch Project. They sort of tried to do that with Paranormal Activity. You know, casting these unknown people. And sometimes, at least in the more recent movies, like, they actually use their real first name as their quote-unquote character name to, like, make it seem mm-hmm. kind of realish. So I think it's neat and um, to see sort of like, I don't know if this was the first time ever in film history where they try to make it seem like it's a, a real type thing, but um, mm-hmm. was kind of unique to see them try to go that route. We are pretty much immediately introduced to all of the main characters, like at the start of the movie, at least the, the um, we'll call them the heroes of the film there's sally there's franklin there's jerry there's kirk and there's pam and a dead armadillo um and then franklin does his best job imitating the dead armadillo (laughs) what did you all think of our group of heroes were they immediately likable were you annoyed with them? Like, nowadays in films, like, whenever they do, like, a horror movie that's kind of like this, where it's kind of like a group of um, big city people heading into a small town, and then shit goes crazy, and, you know, they all start dying. You know, there's kind of like that mixture of like the archetypes, and some of the characters are immediately likable. Like, you they try to make, like, the hero or the heroine, like, really, really likable and sympathetic. And then, like, you know, they're kind of surrounded by jerks at times, you know, where you're kind of, like, glad that they end up dying. So what did you think of this group? Um, I liked the group. I wouldn't say there was anyone that I disliked. I guess it was so weird because with the, and I keep going back to the other ones I saw first, the camaraderie amongst the friends um, mm-hmm. I thought was a little different um, in this movie. But nonetheless, I wasn't disappointed with it. Yeah, I mean, they, they seemed to me that they were genuinely friends, you know, and nobody was particularly uh, problematic or, or unlikable. For me, right. so yeah, they all seem like just a typical bunch of kids that were, you know, off, you know, off on an adventure that shit just turned really bad. Because of all the other ones, you had that jerk 
You have that asshole. Mm-hmm. You have right. the one where you're like, oh my god, do we have to put up within this whole trip? Versus right. this one, like you said, it was like it's like a genuine friendship with everyone. Right. You don't have that 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 character that you just waiting to die. <laughs> right. Like throw this bitch out the car now. <laughs> right. You know, yeah, I agree with you all. I wonder when that changed. Because, I mean, it's interesting to see that this group, you know, you kind of did end up sort of like starting to root for them. And mm-hmm. at some point in the horror genre, you know, maybe because, you know, they, they wanted to make it uh, easier to start rooting for the people to die. You know, they they did that change where like some mm-hmm. of the group ended up becoming really unlikable. Like, cause I would say that in like the most recent versions, like there, there are the people where you're like, oh, I can't wait till that bitch dies. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that change is necessarily bad. Um, I think it does add kind of like entertainment factor to the mm-hmm. movie. But yeah, I have noticed that a lot of the movies, when I think of when I was little growing up, a lot of movies that I saw and love, more of the more modern ones, you definitely had that change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the point of the story is that this group of friends, they are visiting the grave of Sally and Franklin's grandfather. You know, apparently there have been reports of vandalism and grave robbing, so they want to check in to make sure everything's okay. And then they decide to visit their their family's property. And on the way to the property... There's a hitchhiker, and the hitchhiker's name is Nubbins Sawyer. When do you realize something's off with this man? First of all, let me tell you something. <laughs> I am a I am a person of a particular race. Baby, we're not finna pick up no hitchhiker. That's number one. <laughs> number two, he don't look remotely normal. So as soon as we are driving by, that's when I'm going to notice he's crazy. We're not going to let him in. We're not going to stop this vehicle and let him inside. As soon as I lay eyes on him, I'm going to notice bitch is crazy, and we need to stay far away. Right. I mean, as soon as somebody somebody says he don't look right, then we got to keep rolling. Right. Absolutely. Because <laughs> he had that red, I'm assuming, blood is what, like... I would have noticed immediately on his face. Mm-hmm. Right. And what I will say I appreciate about him versus the other movies, this one was really batshit crazy. Like, yeah. the ones in the other movies, they wasn't acts crazy. Even though the one with Jessica Bill, the person shot themselves in the head. Uh, but prior to that, they was not as crazy as this fool in this movie. And I like a little crazy. So I appreciated him. I think he added something good to the movie, but he was really crazy. Yeah. He was yeah. Just, yeah. Like, the look Franklin gave him when he was cutting himself was, oh, yeah. like, the look I was given to screen. Because I was <laughs> like, huh? But my whole thing was, y'all see him cutting himself, and y'all just gonna sit your ass here and watch this? Well, they're still right. driving, yes. I don't give a damn. Yeah, yeah no. This. They would pull right, pull right on over and say, oh, yeah, you know what, boo? Yeah, you need to go handle your cut. I'll see you later. Absolutely. We're going to stop this car and throw his ass out of here. We're not going to just sit here and watch you, and the next thing you know, you're going to go cut the other boy. No. Mm-mm. Yeah, there was just 
so much off about that encounter with him. And, and weirdly enough, it took, like, the whole time they were with him, like, took much longer than I would have been able to tolerate. Because, like, he was with them oh, yeah. for, like, I don't know. It felt like at least 10 to 15 minutes. And, mm-hmm. like, it was, like, him cutting himself. And they're kind of cool with it, even though they're kind of freaked out. And then he takes a picture of them. Right. And and then he wants to charge him for it. Um, right. <laughs> which I was like, really? And then it was like, okay, finally, like, he pulls out the razor blade and mm-hmm. starts slicing and dicing Franklin. And then they're like, oh, okay, like, you done crossed the line now. And they kick his ass out with his little... Stupid. Potato sack. And then the way he carrying on when they kicked him out. Oh, yeah, no, nah, this bitch is crazy. <laughs> oh, yes, Lord. No, he's got to go. Yeah, that was weird. And it took them a long-ass time to get back on the road. Like, mm-hmm. why is he able to chase y'all in, like, I don't know. That was, like, a lot for me. Right. That vehicle should have been moving a lot faster. Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't stop... In the first place. Like, I agree with well, Ramon. Right. Because mm-hmm. mind you now, this is not like we're downtown. It's not like the city. This was out in the middle of nowhere. Right. So even if he looked normal, why is someone walking in the middle of nowhere? No, we're going to keep going regardless. I'm right there. I wouldn't even stop if I saw a damn child. Because that bitch could be possessed. <laughs> Regan traumatized you. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> That's too much. So after a stop to get gas, and um, there wasn't any, so you know they mm-hmm. couldn't gas up. So they continued on, and this is when you know it starts getting into like the typical horror movie like tropes. Because, like, you know, you have a nice little scene of, like, you know, let's go to the the swimming hole. And, uh, you know, everything seems kind of cool and calm and nice. And that's when, you know, shit's about to hit the fan. Mm -hmm. And then you have, you know, the whole, like, trope of, like, they all split up. And uh, then, you know, there's this uh, abandoned looking house that's you know nearby and then they start investigating stupid yeah and that's when people start start dying and that's why like you have this abandoned house this house that looks every bit of deserted unsent whatever the hell you want to call it you really finna go investigate right. see when you don't mind your business that's why these fools be dying in the movie cause hey, I'm not walking by thank you you don't mind right. business. You don't mind your business. Right. Who does that? Who walks into somebody's house? I'm not, I don't want you walking to my house. I ain't going to walk into yours. Yeah, the walking that into someone's house, I was like, how do you even decide to do that? Like, maybe right. I was just raised differently, but, like... What's the what's the rationale to walk right. into some... Not even somebody's house, to walk onto somebody else's property. Well, because it's not even yeah. like you hear something suspicious. I mean, like, you're just, like, basically like, hey, you know. Right. The you, door pops open you decide you go stroll it. No. No. And who no. goes to their neighbor and you're like, can I have some gas? <laughs> like, people just have mm-hmm. gas in their house like it's sugar. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. Pam and Kirk got what they were looking for, to be quite honest. <laughs> well, you know what? Every time I watch any version of this movie and, and this one particular scene walking up to the house um, s- seems to be in each one of them. It reminds mm. me, and I'm going to make it brief, it reminds me of one time um, I think I might have just started college and I decided to go back to North Florida to visit um, my, my siblings and my mom for, for the holidays. And I let my ignorant sister talk me into, I forgot what this game is called, but she claimed mm. it was a scary, uh, like a haunted house in their neighborhood. Mm. I'm like, girl, this is the black side of town. Ain't no haunted house. That's probably just some crackhead or some homeless people living in there, right? So, my dumb Just ass, a crackhead that got a hold of the wrong stuff. Listen, so my dumb ass decides, I'm finna go along with this foolishness. I want you to show me this house. Now, I must have really been an extra move because it's, well, it's dark, but it's like a good six, seven of us. So we go up to the house. It's pitch black dark. <laughs> we walk inside the fence. I ain't nobody fool. I made sure I was the last one in line. Because if some shit happened, I'm going to be the first one to run. Or so, you'll be the first one caught. Listen, so we walk into the, <laughs> we walk into the gate. I'm just like, why the fuck am I over here? Why am I doing this? This is so against all my morals. When I tell you, they tell me, oh, we saw a light flicker inside. I said, okay, see, I'm not going to play with y'all. Baby, when I felt like I saw somebody looking at me through the window, mm. I took off running and left all their asses right there. Y'all let me know how this turned out. I'm going to leave all y'all asses right there. Y'all want to walk around to the back? Y'all want to keep going? Go ahead. I'm leaving y'all asses. So, yeah, every time mm. I watch this movie, it reminds me of that. That's too funny. How did it turn out? Did they all survive? I mean, yeah, they survived, but they dumb asses stayed there thinking they saw somebody inside. So you got one throwing rocks, one want to go around to the back. Then they heard like a little, like the sound of a shotgun. So then they just all scattered like roaches. So when they run back into my mama house, barely breathing because they done ran for their life. And I'm just sitting there on the couch, drinking me a drink, calm as hell, because I knew better to stay my ass over there. And my mom was just laughing. She just laughed and thinking it's funny as hell. That's funny. I liked this scene, not because of their stupidity, but because we really get like an instant download of mm-hmm. like the Leatherface family mythos. Because yep. you got like the human furniture, you got this creepy ass house. <laughs> And, I mean, you instantly get Leatherface. Like, you got the the mask, the butcher's outfit. I mean, it's like everything all in one. I will mm-hmm. say, I'll give a shout-out to Ryan Murphy, because um, Roanoke, that season of American Horror Story, like, as I was watching the scene, I was like, oh, okay, like, this is where they got their inspiration. And I don't, didn't really put two and two together, even though I have seen bits and pieces of some of the more modern interpretations of this film. Um, mm. I saw bits and pieces of the Trey Songs one. I believe I saw the entire Jessica Beale one. But I still hadn't put two and two together. Mm. And so after watching this, I was like, oh, okay. This is where he got like the creepy neighbors in the Roanoke mm-hmm. series. Mm. Okay. So that was kind of neat. So let's discuss Leatherface. A face only mother, only a mother could love. For real. Mm-hmm. If you Crazy. were in 
Pam's situation, how would you have reacted to, like, all the human furniture? Ran my ass back out of them. Yeah, I, you know, that's then that that always annoys me to standing around being upset and screaming. Mm-hmm. No, get, mm-hmm. get the fuck up, get the fuck out. Right. Right. Cause you can be, you can be far away from there where you can process all the shit that you've seen and be upset. You can scream right block now, away. <laughs> right. But yeah, get, yeah. First on the list, get the fuck away from there. For real. Yeah. I think I instantly knew that they were going to experience something bad once I saw them, like, have the balls to, like, enter this house, basically. Right. Yeah. Because, like, you don't do that. Yeah, because once he wandered into the house, I was like, okay, nothing good is going to come of that. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're not going to walk up in and then walk out okay. Mm Mm-mm. Yeah, because, I mean, even if it wasn't the home of a psychopath, I mean, that's like basic breaking and entering, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Exactly. Pretty much. Pretty much. And at the end of the day, you're on somebody else's property, so whatever happens, you deserve it. Right. Well, there you go. So, later on, Jerry ends up looking for Pam and Kirk. And uh, he ends up finding uh, their blanket, right? Like outside, like nearby the house. Yeah, it was on the. It was hanging on the uh, on the banister. Yeah, and so, yeah, and so he decides to investigate. It's like everybody's freaking Jessica Fletcher, and uh, he ends up finding Pam inside of a freezer, and she's still alive. But before he could do anything, <laughs> bam! Right. He, he get busted upside the head with a hammer. <laughs> Leatherface loves him some hammers. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and then, then Pam gets tossed back into the freezer. Yeah. Let's talk about Leatherface as a villain. Because I felt that... Like, the way he would um, capture his prey, basically, it was very realistic. Like, when he grabbed Pam and, like, you know, basically, like, carried her into the house as she's, like, flailing, like, kicking and screaming. Like, I just thought, I I was like, damn, this shit does look real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she she sold it. She definitely sold it. And 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 Leatherface sold it. So I yeah. I agree. Definitely... Yeah, and, and like when she was on the hook, like she was she was doing the most at uh selling exactly what was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was good. <laughs> what did you all think of the close ups of Leatherface? Like when we saw him close up and uh, we saw um, the teeth and have mercy. Mm. That's that's actually the only one where they show the teeth like that. So I thought that that was a good touch. But I was like, oh my god, this is horrible in a good way though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, oof, gross. Yeah. Oof. 
So, of course, because it's kind of like the trope of these kinds of movies, you know, like, people start disappearing, and then Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, you know what, we need to find our friends, (laughs) like, and that's how, like, all of them get got, basically, and Mm -hmm. so, as, well, now it's nighttime, like, at least, you know, say what you want to say about Jerry, but he went out when it was still like there was some light out there, and now right. we've got Sally and Franklin, and Franklin's in a freaking wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Like, right. she's rolling him in the forest, rolling him through the forest. I was like, wow, looking for the rest of her friends, and then, bam, Leatherface mm-hmm. pops out from out of the darkness. And kills Franklin with a freaking chainsaw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Poor Franklin. <laughs> well, he, he never had it. Never stood a chance. No. Well, ever since you, we saw how easy he could just get sliced. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. But like, what can you really do? Like, I'll give. Sally props, even though she spent like half an hour there screaming. Like, at least she ran. <laughs> she screamed true. for a very yes. long time. That, is that, so was a, that was a running, screaming bitch. Right. That really was. <laughs> you ain't never run. I said, you better run, bitch, run! And she was, and she was hollering and screaming. She was like, oh shit, some, somebody's going to hit this shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I did. I that I enjoyed. <laughs> I mean, and she was like for real running. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. but she runs into the house, which I guess you know what I will give her the benefit of the doubt because she does not know that this right. is the house where everybody else has died. Right. But it's like. You, uh, well, you know what, I'll give her the benefit of the doubt, too, because you're, like, running scared, so you're not really looking at the surroundings, so she runs to, like, the highest point in the house, mm-hmm. and she runs into definitely something she doesn't want to run into. It, it's like the, it's basically Norman Bates's mother and father, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Right. Mama and Papa Face. that's true and so now she's got to get out of the damn house and she does by jumping out the window because you know what when your adrenaline is pumping like who gives a shit to be quiet right she was like she said "Mm -mm, i gotta get the fuck out and that's the way out so we mm -mm, we're gonna figure this shit out but if if the window is the way out then the window is where we going Mm -hmm. yes and then she runs for, like, good grief. Like, it took them a long-ass time in the car to go from the gas station to the damn house. And she runs mm-hmm. all the way to the damn gas station. Mm-hmm. Like, that's impressive. But then, like, uh, and it's like this, now, this trope that we've seen now and up to this day in movies where you think this character is safe and you know they found rescue they found a refuge you know they have escaped the killer but then it's the whole you know 
the call is coming from inside the house. Mm-hmm. It turns out the guy at the gas station is uh, in cahoots. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And then the other big twist, which I don't really think... I mean, it's it should make sense by now, especially how demented he was. But, like, the hitchhiker is Leatherface's brother. Right. Correct. Correct. So, uh, Sally gets returned to the house... And, of course, the hitchhiker recognizes her, which, um, you know, it, mm. it doesn't make for a calm situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Sally is, like, tied up. Leatherface does his best Mrs. Doubtfire impression. Right. Mm-hmm. He, um, yeah. Maybe he thinks he's in Hairspray. <laughs> And he's an oh, eternal lad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he could, he could think that. Who knows? Yeah. That was interesting. What was the drag about? I didn't, I didn't I'm get not it. Sure. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. yeah. That was unique, was though. So much, yeah, but there was so much crazy going on. I, I wasn't even trying to get it. it yeah, I mean, it was the 70s, awesome. so I guess yeah. it was just to ramp up the crazy. He's All of a sudden, he's in a dress. Mm-hmm. And so the brother ends up bringing down Papa Bates, and it turns out Papa Bates is their grandfather, and he's still alive, even though he looks hella dead. Mm-hmm. Like real dead. Yeah, right. and so they end up slicing Sally's finger so that where she she can bleed. And Grandpa starts sucking on her finger in, like... Mm. And it wasn't even in, like, a... It was in a very sexual kind of way. No. (laughs) No, I'm saying... Because it was, like... It was, like, she was fingering his little mouth. It was... (laughs) I found that very disturbing. Yeah. It was very... It was hella disturbing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, but she he was sucking her like he was drinking some like good ass Kool Aid. I'm just saying. <laughs> and so, the culmination of the film, the climax, is for some reason, because they're batshit crazy, they decide that Grandpa will kill K- Sally. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, but um, because he doesn't even look like he could stand up by himself. Right, exactly. So, Grandpa's gonna kill her, and um, their weapon of choice, as we've learned, is uh, the hammer. And so they give Grandpa the hammer, but, like, Grandpa can barely breathe. So, um... Right, right. He can't do it. And And sometimes I'm like, is he still alive? Yeah, I don't... Like, that whole scene... And maybe it's because they're crazy... It just felt like hella long. I was like, what am I watching? Because it was like, they give him the hammer and like, you know, they try to help him with the hammer. And there's that one point where the hammer does make contact with their head and that looked gross as fuck. Um, But it's just like the scene goes on and, and, you know, they're all going nuts. And at some point she's able to break free. And she does what she likes to do. She likes to jump through windows. 
And right. so she did that, and she manages to escape, mm. which I'm still confused by. Well, I mean, you know, the, the brother ends up, like, chasing her first, but, like, it took Leatherface, like, a year and a half to start running after her. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, and so they, they chase her, and they're running through the woods, and they finally make it to the street and a semi truck like takes out the brother which is fantastic but leatherface is still chasing and all leatherface could do i should say the truck driver ends up saving but leatherface like ends up catching up and and he ends up slicing the door like i didn't really understand that but um the the driver and sally end up getting out the car and Leatherface is chasing him, but then um, the driver ends up throwing... What was that again? He ends up throwing something at Leatherface to, like, knock him. Mm. It's like a tool or something to, like, knock him in the head, which causes Leatherface to um, slice some of his leg with the chainsaw. Yeah, he he lost the grip of it or something, and then they cut into his leg. Yeah, and then um, the driver ends up, like, running away, and Sally flags down a pickup truck, and she gets into the back, and Leatherface is still chasing, because even though he's got a gimpy leg now, um, he's got a chainsaw. So, um, (laughs) Sally ends up finally escaping, drenched in blood, and the film ends with Leatherface, um, I don't know what he was doing. Like, it looked, <laughs> it looked like he was ready to twerk with that damn chainsaw. And yeah, that's how it ended. So Sally yep. escapes alive, uh, doing her best mm-hmm. Carrie impression. I don't know if yeah. she's going to escape yeah. with her sanity, though. Right, exactly. She damn sure going to be traumatized. Yeah. So it's the end of the movie. You know, let's talk about the climax. We have Grandpa with that damn hammer. We've got <laughs> Sally jumping through windows again. Sally getting saved. And um, I guess Leatherface is doing his jig um, out on the road after getting sliced himself. Uh, Ramon, what did you think of uh, the end of the movie, especially since we have a survivor? I mean, for me, I liked Andy. Um, it, it, it was typical from all the other movies um, within this series that I had already seen. And I mean, for me, I like the fact that a, mo- a horror movie ends and you have at least one person that survives. You know, I don't like to see where, okay, we're in the movie and it's everybody did. The credits is rolling. There's nobody left to tell the story. So for me, I was glad there was at least one person left. Um, and I know with the ending, I kind of found it funny when... Um, he was chasing her, and then he falls or whatever, and then the, the chainsaw comes back and, you know, cuts his leg. So, But I like the ending. Legionnaire, what about you? Yeah, yeah I, um, I was glad that somebody was actually able to survive, so I definitely appreciated the ending as well. Uh, you know, even though she ended up uh, bloodied and battered, uh, she, still, she still got away. I mean, I don't know what her... Uh, what the rest of her life is going to be like living down this trauma, but uh, she is alive, at least for the moment. 
Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Like, she's gonna have some, like, severe psychological trauma after this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah. She's gonna have she's gonna have a few issues. She needs some meds. Yeah. <laughs> she's gonna have to sell that damn house. Mm. Yeah. Something I will like I will echo the fact that uh she survived. I mean that was kinda nice. Mm. It was. And I'm glad that you know, someone survived and that she was also really likable and uh she like fought to survive like i hate movies where you know like the character that tried the least survives so at least like she gave us a reason for like us rooting for her to live because she fought her ass like mm-hmm. who the fuck jumps through windows like right you know, twice. <laughs> yes, the first right, one right. was from a second story. Like at least the second one, you know, was from like the first floor. But like still, yeah. yeah I mean, you know, girl, girlfriend was not afraid to go through the window. A getaway is a getaway. I I love that death of the brother. Like. <laughs> Good grief! I mean, that crap looked painful. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, not not only just not only hit by the truck, but uh, ran over. Right. Yeah, like bigly. That's too much. Too much, and also oh good. So let's check in on this film, and let's see if. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, original edition, has uh, collected any awards. And uh, it has. It won the Critics Award at the 1976 Overeas Fantastic Film Festival. And uh, in the present day, a couple years ago, it was nominated for a Saturn Award. Uh, Basically, those awards are for DVD releases uh, of, like, genre type of titles. But uh, major props to winning the Critics Award in 1976, especially since this film was uh, incredibly controversial um, Mm. once it was released. And over on Rotten Tomatoes, Mm. this film is 88% certified fresh in their fresh meter. Mm. Okay. But our awards are the ones that really count. So let's hand out some awards here in the ballroom. And let's start off with the Scream Queen. And I'm tempted to give it to Ramon for his intro. But oh, um, Lord. I think this is an obvious choice because she spent like about half the movie screaming. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Shout it's out to Sally. Sally. Yes. Who was the diva? Leatherface. Hmm. Pretty yeah, much. I have, yeah. I can give it to Leatherface. The ingenue was the hitchhiker. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, for real. <laughs> yes. A feminist hmm. icon to uh, Leatherface and drag? <laughs> no. Okay. Hmm. 
Fine. No feminist icon. Uh, What about the barf bag moment? I vote when when she got hooked. When Pam got hooked. Yeah, that did it for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was was the one. I guess because that is... Well, for me, it could be the teeth. Oh, the teeth Mm. were gross, too. Yeah, the close-up of the teeth. Yeah, that was kind of bad, too. Yeah, nasty. What was the kill of the night? Hmm. I like when they hung the chick. The kill? Well, I would say the kill of the night was, was when the truck ran over the brother. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Okay. I can co-sign that one. What about the moment that made you gag? For me, it would be the teeth. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go with the teeth. For me, it was when that crazy-ass hitchhiker was in the car doing all that bull crap. Oh, yeah. That was a lot. He was doing the most, as yeah, the kids would say. What about the WTF am I watching moment? I would say when grandma with grandma, grandpa with the hammer. That's a good one. Mm. But I feel yeah. my mind still goes back to that damn hitchhiker. Mm. Yeah, that moment was. Yeah, that was nuts. What was the scariest moment? You know, I got scared every time, you know, each time that Leatherface would snatch somebody into the back or wherever and then slam that door. That just that just creeped me out and scared me every time that happened. Those <laughs> are just, that moment was just scary. I can't think of one. I'm trying to think for me what it would be. Because I would call, I don't know, because I think scary and creepy are different. Because we right. have the creepiest moment. For me, the creepiest moment would be when he snatched uh, Pam and like watching her like writhe in his arms. Mm-hmm. As far as scary, I guess if I was in Sally's shoes, the moment when she sees Grandpa and Grandma, Mama whoever the fuck that was with them. Like, that would have been like, crap, I should not be here, so I need to get the fuck out. Exactly. Yeah. Now it's time to rank the film in our special horror hotel categories. We've got The Screamer for films that are filled with scares, The Gut Buster for films that are grotesque, The Eye Popper for films that are visually impressive, The Grave Digger, for films that are lacking scares, and The Mind Blower for overall best in show. And let's start off with Ramon. Um, for me, I'm going to give it Eye Popper. Um, when I talk, when you think about the, the mess, um, the all that stuff on the hitchhiker, um, and just how everything came together just for me. I, I, I like Eye Popper, and especially for it to be that time. Um, I feel like it was good. You know, I, I'm a gory type of person, so um, I would have loved a little more gore, but nonetheless, I would call it Eye Popper. Sally was drenched in blood at the end. Mm-mm, I need more. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right, looking like Carrie ain't going to do it for Ramon. 
<laughs> I'm going to go next, and I'm going to give it a uh, gut buster, because a lot of it was gross for me. Like, anything dealing with cannibals and, like, you know, like incest types of families with the inbreeding and all that kind of stuff, like... It's gross as fuck to me, and um, like mm. the furniture and all the the human paraphernalia that they had, and then grandpa and lady in the chair. It was a lot for me in like the nasty department. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna give it a a gut buster because it was hella gross. Mm. Legionnaire, what about you? Um, I would say gut buster and eye popping because it definitely, I mean, the visuals were definitely gross, but, uh, appropriate for the movie and for what they were, what they were trying to present, uh, from the, you know, bone furniture to the sliding steel door to Leatherface's appearance and, you know, all of it, it, it it all was gross and disgusting, and it worked. So now it is time to rate the film. On a 1 to 10 hotel room key scale, the point system is allowed. And let's go in reverse order. So that means, Legionnaire, you are first. Um, this one for me, I'm going to give a... I'm going to give a 7. I thought it was good for its time, but it doesn't really hold up that well for me um so yeah seven i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it seven and a half and uh, the reason i'm gonna give it a seven and a half is uh first off i mean it's the original and it's got a legacy that it created and uh, it was, like, I'd say one of the first, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm not, I would say it's probably one of the first, like, true slasher movies, mm. I think. I'm trying to think if this trope was used before, where it's like a group of friends go somewhere, and then they all get killed, you know, except for the survivor. So, if I am right, then... This, if it isn't the first, and it's definitely one of the one of the first that uh, became really popular in the slasher genre, so I gotta give it props. Personally, I don't find films like this really scary. As a kid, I did, but growing up, uh, I'm more like freaked out of like the unknown. So like the supernatural type of stuff is the thing that would uh, like make me, I guess, want to sleep with a nightlight on. So, for me, this isn't, like, the type of horror movie that I would watch to sort of uh, freak myself out. This is the type of horror movie that I would watch to sort of have fun with. You know, see who's going to survive, and that kind of thing. So, mm. for all of those reasons, and plus, I gotta give it to Sally. Like, the actress did a really great job. Uh, I think everybody did a very good job of, like, selling their character and like making us believe in their character and uh wanting to see them hopefully survive mm -hmm. if not you know 
hoping that something they were going to get saved or something like Pam getting dragged. I mean, that was just awesome and mm. very realistic to see. So uh, for all those reasons, I'm going to give it a seven and a half. Ramon, what about you? For me, I'm a big fan of all the Tessa Chainsaw Massacre movies. Um, I definitely think that the other ones um, were better. Um, however, I do think this one paved the way and it had a lot of elements that I definitely liked and appreciated. Um, the acting, the cinematography, and some of the you know disgusting parts like that. So for those reasons, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it an eight point five. Awesome. I like it. Yeah. So on that note, please drag your bodies away from the ballroom and prepare to check out. Join us next time for a brand new installment of Horror Hotel. Once again, here's one of our bellhops with a few special announcements. Good evening. We thank you for your patronage. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash P C R Horror Hotel. Follow Panpichulo Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Panpichulo Radio. For more information on Horror Hotel, visit panpichuloradio.com slash horrorhotel. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at panpichuloradio.com. Help support Panpichulo Radio financially by visiting Go. Fundme.com slash Panpichulo Radio. Are you interested in joining the Panpichulo Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at panpichuloradio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Panpichulo Radio programs by visiting panpichuloradio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Panpichulo Radio's Horror Hotel and subscribe. We hope you've brought your death certificate. Make final arrangements now. <laughs> Thank you, my fellow Horror Hotel team. Please wish our hotel guests and listeners a good night. Good night, listeners. Stay safe out there. Alrighty, get out. Time to go. Thanks for tuning in. You may have checked into the Horror Hotel, but who says you're allowed to check out? Good night.